Well, I'm happy because I'm the head coach. I mean, I, you know, I'm really, really happy. But I'm, I'm hoping that the whole state and you and everybody that follows Arkansas is ecstatic about the Hogs winning. Again, I think this is what should happen at Arkansas. Now, I'm not saying we ought to win every game, but we're the University of Arkansas. When you look at Eric and Dave, they're doing it. Dyfo and everybody, they're doing it. University of Arkansas should happen to us. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. I go by SEC Michael Twitter. And we got a great show lined up. If you're a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks, broke out the red That SEC podcast shirt for them Razorback fans because we got my man, John Neighbors, host of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. And he's a host of Out of Bounds on 103.7, the buzz at a Little Rock, Arkansas. Going to hop on the line, talk some Razorback football and a little bit of, uh, you know, the upcoming NCAA tournament. John's on his way to Buffalo, so we're going to kick it over to that in just a minute. But before we do, the head hog himself, Sam Pittman, met with the media just the other day to open spring camp here. We're underway in Fayetteville, Auburn, Alabama. They both have opened camp since uh, the last episode aired. We got Florida kicking off this week, South Carolina right around the corner, Tennessee around the corner. I mean, before you know it, spring camp is going to be open all across the SEC. And how crazy is this? Missouri, they're wrapping it up. Their their spring games on Saturday. I guess they don't want a ton of people paying attention. Poor timing there with the NCAA tournament. And I've even heard they're not going to do any kind of media availability after the spring game. Let's hope they change their mind because we got to get some of these players and Coach Drake on the mic to see what's up. But, hey, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, But on with the show. And like I said, man, anticipation for this upcoming Arkansas season, coming off the nine-win second year under Sam Pittman. The sky's the limit for this Razorback team. I know everybody's going to be picking Alabama to win the West, as they probably should. Maybe Texas A&M is a dark horse, who Arkansas beat, of course. LSU, we're all hyped up about Brian Kelly, another team Arkansas beat last year. Don't sleep on them Arkansas Razorbacks And just when you thought, well, maybe they'll be taking it easy this spring. Some of these leaders like K.J. Jefferson, Jalen Catalan, what's their status going to be? After, of course, uh, Catalan missed uh, the most uh, about half the season there with the shoulder injury. Well, good news, he's back. K.J. Jefferson, he's a little banged up by the end of the season. He's back. Here's what Sam Pittman had to say when asked about uh, K.J. Jefferson and Jalen Catalan and their availability for this spring. I don't look for K.J. to be limited at all, uh, nor Catalan, uh, for that matter. Those two guys, uh, no, I don't think so. Now, we, we've, we've got a few guys that will be, but uh, uh, those two certainly not. I think Landon Jackson will be a, um, a limit. You know, he'll be limited. Uh, coming off an injury. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, we've got some guys that, you know, had some off-season surgery, Dominic Johnson and things like that, but that, that won't be able to participate yet. Uh, I think he'd do something maybe in the late summer. 
So right there you go. If you're a Razorback fan, you got to be fired up. Your two best players, your captains on offense and defense, ready to go this spring in Fayetteville, and that'll set the tone. Believe me, I've seen it before. SEC teams, you start getting hyped, star players sitting out, you know, in the non-contact jerseys for all of camp. That sets a really bad precedent for the rest of the team. And when you got your two hardest workers out here, your two best players busting their ass on the practice field in spring, it just sets the tone for the rest of the team. So I think that was a little bit of an important note to make. And then one guy, everybody in Fayetteville and the great state of Arkansas ready to see hit the field for them Razorbacks is the transfer Drew Sanders from Alabama. You know, he's not yet penciled in as the starter. He's got to earn that. But Sam Pittman was asked, does this guy look like a starter to you? Here's what Pittman had to say. He looks like it. Yes. I mean, and he can also, run. He's big. Um, he didn't hit anybody yet, but he did at his other school. And yeah, I, he looks good. Of course he's a starter. I mean, <laughs> tried to hype that one up a little bit, but – yeah, I mean, again, he's going to have to earn it. Arkansas so, with just some incredible leadership at that uh, linebacker position last year, now gone off to the NFL. I know Bumper Pool is back, but if you got Bumper Pool and Trey Sanders, if he lives up to the hype, that's a hell of a one-two to build your linebacking core on next season for the Razorbacks. But putting all those pieces together, of course, Barry Odom on the defensive side, and then of Kendall Browse on the offensive side. This also broke since the last time we talked last week. Both those coaches have landed contract extensions through the 2024 season. You know, it's been a month-long thing with Sam Pittman. Where's his contract status at? Let's kick it over to Coach, talking about keeping these assistants in Fayetteville when. You know, it's been well-documented. Miami is after Kendall Browse. Barry Odom, I mean, Texas tried to get him. LSU tried to get him. I'm sure there have been others we just didn't weren't aware of. But Sam Pittman has been able to keep these coaches on staff, and that is going to pay huge dividends next fall for the Razorbacks. Of guys, because of, our, because of the team's success, uh, we've had a whole lot of guys get job opportunities um, and they're still here. So uh, very, very happy, pleased to do that. I've seen too many programs that go south by losing one or the other coordinator or all three coordinators, whatever it may be, and it's a big, big deal for myself and, and our team that we, we keep the guys that, that are in front of the most people, and uh, very, very honored that Dow stayed with us as well. I did, yeah. So you're on the brink, maybe of renewing or, you know, re-upping. Just your thoughts about uh, that? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm I'm hoping to get it done uh, sooner than later. Uh, but you know, that's that's something you'll have to ask uh, Hunter. And and uh, but I think we're, and I hope, and I think we're much closer than than we've ever been, you know, um, so I don't know. And then one last comment that I, this was the best one of the entire press where you waited till the end of it, but 
the thing, the common theme here of the Sam Pittman era, it's hard to even remember because they've had so much success and we all live in a, a recency bias type mindset. But you got to remember when he got there, I know we don't want to talk about uh, COVID and all that, but, you know, that was the storyline. How are these first-year coaches going to manage it? This is going to be the first ever 0-10 team in SEC history. That's what everybody was saying. Not, not me, but damn near everybody. I said Arkansas won multiple games. They surprised even me. They went 1-3 that first year. It was a respectable showing. And they turn around last season, of course, win nine games. Now they're getting hyped up. I don't know the poll they're referencing here, but someone does have Arkansas apparently at number six in the country in the preseason. All this hype surrounding the Arkansas Razorbacks and the damage they could do this fall. Sam Pittman, here's his thoughts on it. Coach, big picture. You guys have been uh, down the totem pole. Nobody's seen you coming, and now it's not going to be like that. I saw uh, a rating today, somebody's poll, that picks you all sixth in the country. Mm. Just how do, you, uh, how do you keep the mindset of your team to be working and have a chip on your shoulder, which is, I think, one of your strengths, you know, the last year? Well, no matter what people say about you, you still have to – not everybody's going to say good about you, so you still have – have that chip to prove somebody wrong. And if nobody's talking bad about us, we'll just make it up and we'll go down there because the bottom line is that's who we are. And we are a chip on the shoulder underdog from the head coach all the way down to the last player on the team. And we like it that way. And uh, uh, I, that's who we are. And, and so, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know who put the six in the country. Come on. But uh, we're certainly going to uh, strive to get that way. We have extreme confidence uh, in our football team. We have a lot of kids coming back. Got a quarterback back. Our safety back who we played over half a year without. Uh, so we should have a good football team. Uh, I find it hard to think that, you know, as the season went on last year that, the teams that played us were overlooking us, you know. I mean, we'd beaten some pretty good teams and gotten in the top ten in the country. So I'm pretty sure they they figured out we had, you know, a decent football team. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I can promise you our team isn't going around patting themselves on the back. We got something to prove. Last year was last year. We got something to prove. We still have the people of Arkansas to make uh, – Make them proud of us. That's our number one goal, to make the, the, the people of the state of Arkansas proud of us. And, you know, we know if we do that, then we're playing hard and we're winning games. <laughs> They'll just make it up if they have to. I mean, that was fantastic. And I'm already seeing people comment, hey, I'll sign up for fake accounts just to talk trash to my Razorbacks if that's what it takes to inspire them this offseason to get – prepared for the season. I'd love to see it, but I just thought that was hilarious. And and he's right. I mean, this is a program with a chip on their shoulder. And yet, I'll tell you, you know, there's hype in the state of Arkansas. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen here at SEC Media Days. I've already outlined this before, but I'm just giving you the blueprint now. Arkansas making strides, looking good. But, mm, they just lost Traylon Burks, best receiver in school history. Look at this schedule. They got to play Cincinnati. They got to play Liberty. 
They got to play Bobby Petrino, and that's before they play all these SEC West teams. They get, they catch an emerging South Carolina out of the East this year. They'll be lucky to win eight games. That's what they're going to be saying. So no need to make up any garbage when it comes to the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's the storyline that will be coming out of Atlanta. It's usually in Hoover, but it's in Atlanta this year for SEC Media Days. Just count on that now. Uh, Sam Pittman and, and company, they're going to have plenty of fuel to get them going come football season. No doubt in my mind. So that's all I had from uh, Sam Pittman's introductory press conference. We'll be hitting the mic here later in the week. We'll bring you any highlights from that. But let's get to our interview with my man, John Neighbors. Really gracious with his time. An outstanding interview. Plenty of insight on the Arkansas Razorbacks here from John. All right, we're pleased to be joined once again by one of my favorites, John Neighbors. Of course, you know him. Every Arkansas fan does. He's the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz and the outstanding Locked on Razorbacks podcast, which is now out on YouTube. Got to check it out. And he's on his way to Buffalo to, to see them Razorbacks kick some ass in the NCAA tournament. John, thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's always good to talk with you, and it's always good to talk with you when good stuff are going on for the Razorbacks. So it's pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it was a year ago I said, you know, is this the best time to ever be an Arkansas fan? And and you made your case that it is. And, man, it has not slowed down at any point. And, you know, I'm going to ask you a little bit of basketball, but I'm so locked in on football. I want to start there. And the Razorbacks start in spring football, of course, year three under Sam Pittman. Already seeing some buzz that Arkansas preseason top ten team that's something that you you talked about on your Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Are you buying Arkansas right now as a preseason top 10 team? You know, I have thought about this many times, and I know that uh, I've talked to other people too about it. And as much as I'd like to sit here and say, absolutely, this is a no-brainer, go ahead and lock them in as a top 10 team, like e even me, who I will completely and totally admit that I am biased towards the Razorbacks, even all of that, I still don't believe that they are. Like, I just I just don't. And it's nothing against what Sam Pittman's doing because, again, he's killing it, doing a phenomenal job, all of that. But to say you're a top-10 team, especially when you lost a bunch of defensive key pieces, you lost Traylon Burks, who we know how phenomenal of a wide receiver he is, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it to the top, 20, uh, top 10. Now, are they a top-25 team? Absolutely. In fact, I would even make the argument that they're a top 20 team. I would put them, if I was having a vote, probably at the 18-19 range, something like that. But to give them that top 10 ranking, man, that's there's still too many things that need to I need to see before I start going down that road. Now, speaking of uh, hype and, and buzz, this is something that I've been talking about, and I'm fully on the bandwagon, so I want to know your thoughts. K.J. Jefferson, you know, I'm not sitting here saying he's a lock to win the Heisman or anything. That you know, that's that's tough to say, but I do think he's a legitimate dark horse candidate, and I know Bryce Young is returning, but it just seems like he's Heisman people. They hate the favorite, so it's almost better to be, uh, you know, off the radar, but, but just on the fringe there. Do you think K.J. Jefferson, if he continues to build on what he did last year, can realistically be a candidate by season's end? You know, I think so, just because of the type of 
game that he has and the type of way that he plays. Uh, honestly, it's going to come down for KJ. And of course, you got to count on him improving from last year, which he was really good last year. But mm-hmm. you got to count on him doing that. And in addition to that, you also have to be able to count on uh, Arkansas's team and their offense surrounding KJ to be improved as well. And I think the running back position is going to be much improved for sure. You had some really great freshmen last year, Dominic Johnson, AJ green, rocket Sanders, all are really good running backs, very high caliber sec running backs. You're fine there. You're returning four of your starting five offensive linemen. We know how important that is to a quarterback success. They're going to be good there, especially with Sam Pittman tight end position. uh, They lose Blake Kern, but their tight ends have kind of struggled a little bit, but Trey Knox, a converted wide receiver has shifted over there. He's bulked up. He's gained a lot of weight. And I think he's going to actually be really good and an improvement there as well. So I think a tight end, they'll be fine. It's going to come down to wide receivers, which we know that that's kind of the bread and butter of what makes a great quarterback. Traylon Burks has moved on. Okay. All right. So let's see what you can do. Jaden Hazelwood kid coming in from Oklahoma, former five-star. Can he make up for a lot of that production? What about Warren Thompson had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good plays last year, but also had some boneheaded plays last year. Can he come in and kind of step his game up? What about Keetron Jackson? Heard a lot of big-time things from him. He was a true freshman last year, didn't get a lot of playing time, uh, but it uh, looks like he's going to be part of the rotation, especially with those starters. So can those guys step up and be big-time all-SEC caliber wide receivers, at least one or two of them, be to that level? If so, yes, absolutely. But KJ is going to just need to have some help from them if we want to start talking about Heisman. It's interesting you you hit on those receivers because that kind of ties into what I was going to ask you next. Malik Hornsby, you know, there's been some speculation he may be switching a receiver, just such a talented athlete, got to find him a way to get on the field. Do you think he's locked in completely to being a quarterback? Is it, you, you know, do you think he's going to be the backup or do you think we could see Hornsby and you know, maybe in like a slash type role to where he's a quarterback, but he also is on the field at other positions. Well, I'll say this and not to try to like uh, act like I was some insider or anything like that. But yesterday uh, I got to go to the uh, Razorback watch party for the selection Sunday for Razorback basketball. And they held that event inside Razorback stadium in one in the SEC club suite. Well, where you sit, you can look out the windows and you can see the field mm-hmm. and on the field, was Razorback football, practicing up, you know, running some plays, some scrimmages. And I just watched it for a bit, and Malik Hornsby was playing quarterback. He was the second-string quarterback. He was running with the twos. Now, it's not to say that things can't change because there is a long time before the season starts, but seeing that out there and seeing him be the quarterback at this point in time and running with the twos once again kind of shows me that that's what his role is going to be once again. Now, they'll put him in packages. They'll probably put, do some different things for him as well. But it just looks like, at least during spring practice at this point in time, he's pretty solid as being the second-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, you also mentioned the offensive line and four or five returning. We all know Sam Pittman, his outstanding reputation, probably the best offensive line coach in the country. How wild is it to think that this unit could be even better this year and the Hogs led the SEC in rushing last year? Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's like as long as Sam Pittman is the head coach of Arkansas, you never have to worry about the offensive line. Like that is one thing where I'm like, they may never be the most talented. They may not be the the best defensively. They may have a lot of other flaws. They may not have the best wide receivers, best passing or whatever. But 
as long as Sam Pittman is the head coach of Arkansas, they are never going to have a bad offensive line. Like he, he'll be damned before he lets that happen. And so that's that's where it's like because even if you look at Arkansas's offensive line last year, you mentioned the numbers. Arkansas didn't even have really an all first team all SEC caliber offensive line besides maybe Ricky Stromberg, mm-hmm. but the rest of them were just kind of good offensive linemen. And then like you, you're returning four or five next year, Myron Cunningham, the one that's leaving. Yeah, he could be drafted maybe late in the NFL draft. But my, my point is it wasn't like he was out there, Sam Pittman was, with a bunch of first-round NFL guys and a couple of all-SEC, possibly all-American guys either. And that's how good their offensive line was. Cody Kennedy, the offensive line coach, was up for, I think he was a semifinalist for the Broyles Award. Like, that's incredible, all things considered. And so that's where I'm like, okay, if they did that good of a job on the offensive line with not a whole lot of high-level all-American talent, then there, that's just never going to be an issue or a problem. So I, I just don't see how the offensive line doesn't get better this upcoming year because they aren't going to get any worse. And we know that the development has really been something that Sam Pittman has done a great job with too. So I just think it's all going to fall into place together. And what's your expectation for Barry Odom's defense? Because you know I'm seeing some question marks, particularly on the defensive front, but you may have the best safety in the SEC, Jalen Catalan. You got uh, the you know basically Bobby Boucher back there bumper pool at linebacker tackling machine and all these incoming transfers. How do you think these pieces come together uh, for the Razorbacks on that side of the ball? You know that's uh, that's that's honestly the ultimate question because you're lost your entire defensive line and that's a little worrisome and that's why uh, Jamel Ashley was fired. Sam Pittman fired him because mm-hmm. he's the D line coach because. I saw somebody before, I think it was maybe Danny West of Hawksports.com, that in two years, Arkansas did not have one single official visit from a four-star defensive lineman in two years. Hmm. Like, you can't have that. Like, it's one thing if you don't even get them to commit. But not even to get a visit, cannot have it. So the defensive line is going to be a question, but they made some moves. They brought in Deke Adams as the new defensive line coach. Uh, they brought in, uh, of course, his name just escaped me, but they, the Georgia Tech transfer just recently – who entered in the transfer portal. He's going to be coming in. Um, they're going to have uh, Landon Jackson, the tra- uh, transfer from LSU, that possibly could play. But that's going to be the ultimate question about the defensive line. Like, they could be good, but it doesn't look good right now, and especially for depth purposes. So that's what it's going to come down to. I think the linebackers are going to be fine. You mentioned Bumper Pool coming back. Drew Sanders transferring from Alabama is going to be huge, which, you know, people are trying to say, like, what's the expectation for him? I look at it as, hey, if there's a kid that's good enough to start at linebacker for Alabama, then he sure as hell is good enough to start at Arkansas linebacker. So I, I think that it's going to be uh, the same thing with him. He's going to come in and he's going to uh, he's going to be a huge impact as well. And you mentioned Jalen Catalan; he's going to be healthy. Well, Darius Bishop is still really good. He got a lot of run last year. Miles Slusher, I know you lost uh, Greg Brooks and uh, Joe Fouché, but you got some guys returning there as well. And then add in uh, Dwight McLaughlin. Uh, Dwayne McLaughlin from uh, LSU, the transfer there, and then Breeny from Georgia, another transfer. Like, they'll be fine in the back seven. Like, the back seven of Arkansas will be fine. It's going to come down to if that defensive line can step up. If they can, Arkansas's defense is going to be salty next year. But if they can't, it's going to be problematic because you know you can't win in the SEC unless you have a really good defensive line. And how impressed are you by Sam Pittman's ability to keep Barry Odom and Kendall Browse on staff when – Every offseason, we got to hear the rumors. You know, LSU is trying to hear, hire Odom. 
Miami's trying to hire uh, Kendall Browse, yet they remain here in Arkansas. They just got contract extensions. How impressive is that? I'm telling you, it's it's something that I think continues. Maybe I look too much into it, but it continues to just full-on impress me about how Sam Pittman's able to do that. And not only to do it, but to where all of the coaches just are so much have so much respect for Sam Pittman Mm -hmm. to where I mean we see changes all the time in college football right and left head coaches assistant coaches like look at Ole Miss always use them as an example they had a phenomenal year and what happened they lost all three of their coordinators and all three of their coordinators went to be coordinators somewhere else so one of them like they went for head coaches Mm -hmm. but they had a phenomenal year had a lot of success and look they already lost their coordinators and they didn't even they went for other coordinator jobs but not at Arkansas. Arkansas had a phenomenal year, too. Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles are looked upon as being high-quality coordinators in their respective positions, big-time. Big-time jobs try to come after them. But yet they stay at Arkansas. They don't move on. They don't, they don't try to find the next train out, out of town to try to leave here. They stay. And to me, that just shows you how great it must be to work for Sam Pittman. Uh, and how he has really been able to put them in positions to be successful to where they don't want to go anywhere else. They feel right at home. They feel appreciated. They feel like they can be successful right here in Arkansas. And to me, that, that's what's really going to be something that later down the road, too, when these guys eventually do leave, that other big-time coordinators will be like, man, well, if those guys love doing it and they were there for a while, I'll, I'll go over there to Arkansas, too. So. It's just been incredible to see what he's been able to do to keep these assistant coaches intact. And where do you stand on the, the Sam Pittman contract extension stuff? Because, I I mean, the guy's underpaid. We all know that. He's worth every penny he's getting. But at the same time, he's out here saying, you know, I would never leave and, and this will be my final job. So he's he kind of hurts himself in the contract negotiations. But, uh, you know, is he worth, I think it's reported seven years, 50 million, whatever it is. Do you think he's worth that type of money? And, and if you are Arkansas, do you give it to him? You know, I, I, I've always looked at it this way, and, th- and this may be a cop-out to your, to your question, though. My thing is, is like, I don't care. You know, and neither should fans. Mm-hmm. Why do fans care so much about what a coach gets paid? Who cares? It's, like, it's not like you, your taxes are getting raised, you know, because of this. It's not like, like your, your life is being impacted by it. Like, do, I don't care. What I do care about is buyouts. Now, because, you know, we know about the buyouts like that. That's problematic because that handcuffs the universities mm-hmm. to where if they have a problem, they can't get out of it or they struggle to get out of it, whatever it may be that I do. But if Sam Pittman makes seven million or five million dollars per year, what is the difference to me? Nothing. What matters to me is, are you winning? I don't care how much you make as long as you're winning, because as long as you're winning and if you're Sam Pittman and if, if you're bringing in some wins and which we know if you bring in wins in the sec it brings in an inordinate amount of money then what does it matter mm-hmm. like i don't what sam Pittman is worth is however much arkansas is willing to pay him however much he's worth is how much it, you know if it's five million seven million i don't care just keep winning keep winning i'll be happy Razorback fans will be happy and there won't be one single person that brings up his money but if he starts losing people are gonna be like oh man we're paying this coach five million to lose it's just part of it, but I just think it's so dumb when people, when fans are trying to like dictate how much a coach is worth. I'm like, dude, you, like you, what do you, who cares? Like it has zero impact on your life as a Razorback fan. So just let it go. Now switching to basketball, the SEC tournament, of course, just happened, and Arkansas ran into a red hot Texas A&M team. 
disappointing uh, results down there in Tampa. I thought the Razorbacks were going to win it. They, I thought they were playing that well heading into it. What were your thoughts on uh, the showing there from the Razorbacks in the SEC tournament? You know, it was I was a little disappointed to see them lose to A&M, especially the way that they played. Like, they just played awful. And A&M was really hot. You just ran into a hot team. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be this guy, but I will be this guy. <laughs> I actually like it when Arkansas like, – I just feel like when you lose at that point in time, in this, especially in the SEC tournament, it kind of gears you up a little bit better for the NCAA tournament where it kind of humbles you a little bit, you get pissed off, you get a little bit motivated, like all those things together, and you go out and you are better for it, like you're a better team for it. So I'm hoping that's the case this time around. Like I honestly felt like I'm like, on Arkansas, I don't really want them to win the SEC tournament. I don't care. I mean, it'd be, if they did, it'd be nice, but it's not like something that I really, really, really want to do, especially in the fact that like, I know it's a different sport. The Razorback baseball was the number one team in the country last year. They won the SEC tournament. Uh, for the first time last year, and they got bounced out in the Super Regionals. Mm -hmm. Now, is anyone ever going to remember back on the 2021 year of being like, what a great year that was, Arkansas? You know, they won the SEC tournament. No, because what matters is what you do in the big tournament. That's what matters. And so if it meant, if you told me Arkansas could have an SEC tournament win or an SEC tournament championship and then get bounced in the second round or they lose to A&M the way they did in the SEC tournament, but they make the Elite Eight. I'm taking the Elite Eight every single time, and I think most Razorback fans would too. And I know, John, you're so fired up for the NCAA tournament. On your way to Buffalo to watch the Razorbacks play, what is the potential for this team? Can they make another Elite Eight-type run? And, you know, I know you saw it. Dan Wolken gave them the, the kiss of death, so there's already one strike against them. I know. I was just as soon as I saw that, I'm like, "You piece of trash!" Like, what are you doing, man? You're already like, you, you already killed the vibe. Um, but no, I, I think that honestly, like, I, I kept saying that it, it, I wanted Arkansas to get in Gonzaga's region as far as them being the one seed. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Gonzaga's an easy win. I'm not. But between all four one seeds, I like the chances against Gonzaga more than the others, and so. Arkansas did that. They're in the Gonzaga regional, and in, if they were able to make it to the Sweet 16, they're more than likely going to play Gonzaga. So, to me, getting to the second weekend is where it's at. If Arkansas gets to the Sweet 16, it's a successful year. Everybody's going to, and Arkansas is going to say it's a successful year. This was a good year, great year, all of that. If you lose to Gonzaga, you know, shucks, it's the way it goes, but it was a great run and a great year. Um, anything less than that will kind of be disappointing because I just think Razorback fans are set on making the Sweet 16, and anything above that would be incredible. So I, I like their chances. to like This is a better region for them to make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, if they did make it to the Elite Eight, it would be another phenomenal year. But getting through Gonzaga and then inevitably probably playing Duke in that Elite Eight game would be really tough. So I mean, I'll, I'm going to take it any all day long, the whatever. But, yeah, second weekend or bust for Razorbacks I think is fair. All right, I really appreciate all your time. He's John Neighbors. Give him a follow at Buzz John Neighbors. And, of course, check out his work, the host of the Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz and the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Don't forget to follow it on YouTube. He's trying to blow that thing up by the time football comes around. So, hey, I really appreciate you, John, for, for joining me once again. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. All right, so just want to say thanks again, John. Again, he's trying to really build up that YouTube channel. I subscribe to it, and if you're a real Arkansas fan, you will too over at the uh, Locked on Razorbacks YouTube page. Check out uh, everything he's doing there. 
covering the Arkansas Razorbacks, doing an outstanding job from 103.7, the buzz. And, of course, he'll be up there in Buffalo taking in the NCAA tournament and got all the coverage you, you need on the men's basketball team as they look to return to the Elite Eight for the second year in a row. But, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Already got two guests lined up for the rest of the week. Uh, two first-timers, never been on the show. We're going to preview some Florida Gators, and we're kind of going to go around the league with uh, a, another guest. So, you know, that's my little tease there. So show up for the rest of the week. Got two more outstanding interviews to look forward to. And uh, that's all I got on this episode. We'll catch you on the next one.